The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. new episode of the panel discussion your home for comic book talk every week right here on the BICBP radio network my name is Matt Johnson one of your hosts alongside Greg Norton <laughs> and we are back Greg is back the team is back together and we um yeah we're going to continue on with our November month with some mustache mustache characters but mustachio. uh mustachio. But we got some really exciting things to talk about. Um some big happenings for myself and Greg in the very near future, as well as you know, some merchandise. Um this week we will be releasing our first ever panel discussion t-shirts. Um so make sure you follow the Facebook page and find out so you can find it and help support the show. Uh you know, we're gonna have multiple designs. Maybe a new design a week, every other week. Uh, so we're gonna. So that's a good way to help us, you know, support the show. Um, myself and Greg are also looking into getting a studio space, uh, which is really really nice. So every shirt that you purchase helps helps us be able to afford this um, and offset some costs and helps us make you know be able to afford to continue to do this. Uh, what we you know what we love to do so. Um, yep. Find us and, on the uh, Facebook page. Yep, go ahead. And on the other end, too, um, and it'll probably lead to a T-shirt launch. If you've listened to my other podcast, the first episode of Podcasters, and liked it, one, let us know. And go find my Facebook and, and like the Podcasters Facebook. But, two, this space will also allow me to be able to produce that show more regularly. Um, you may not realize it, but it's really hard to have, like, six or seven people in your house recording Difficult four or five hours on it's it's difficult to put that all together. It, it seems simple, um, but with everything that comes with Dungeons and Dragons, a space to roll dice, a space for me to create the story. Because um, if you listen to the first episode, I had to write that all myself. Um, so this will help that as well. So this not only will help panel discussion, it'll help podcasters as well as Matt's other um, shows. If you listen to Two Point, if you listen to WrestleCast, so this is a, a big step for us. Um, and so, yeah, go buy T-shirts. It'll really, it'll really help us, and it will be going directly um, to funding this space and just getting better content for everyone who listens. Absolutely, the the possibilities are are endless. Video content, uh, you know, and, and so much more. We've been wanting to do a YouTube channel for God knows how long, uh, but having the space will, it'll be easier uh, to really open that up. So, uh, we are excited to really get into that, get our feet wet in that. Uh, regard and you know as long as everything goes according to plan probably within the next month perhaps uh but uh back on track as we do uh <laughs> with the panel discussion we got some news for you uh this week disney plus launched and with as of two days ago over 10 million subscribers including myself and greg uh oh, yeah. amazing numbers we expected it we expected it to do very well for itself um what do you think? What's your like? Uh, I mean, I love the content so far from not even just the Marvel perspective, but everything as a whole. But I mean, are you enjoying? I mean, really enjoying it so far? Yeah, I haven't really. So I haven't even really like 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like adventured on it. We've watched the Mandalorian. Um, I've watched some of the original X-Men animated series and I just watched Toy Story 3 for the first time. I know, sue me. Uh, <laughs> but I literally just finished it before we started recording. Uh, well, my wife is on the other side of things with like Lizzie McGuire and the classics and Boy Meets World and stuff like that. Um, but I, it's overwhelming. Someone else said it to me too. They're like, I'm, I don't know where to start. My mom messaged me. She's like, where, where do I start? What do I watch first? Um, and I didn't have a good answer for her, but then she sent me back a picture of Darkwing Duck and I was like, well, good choice. <laughs> That is not so, bad. No. So, but it it's a lot. It's overwhelming. And they're, they just added a feature um, in like the settings. If you go in and it's like, tell us how we're doing, um, you can actually request other shows and movies you'd like to see on Disney Plus. So that right there is huge to me. Um, I love that they're listening and they're giving the option for people to put stuff in. Some of the stuff they're working on getting the rights to. Um, and that's why it's not there yet, but it's so cool that that's something they're, they're listening to. Yes, there's bugs. Yes, there's <laughs> issues, but like 10 million subscribers. I'm sorry. Like that's insane to deal with on a launch day. I don't care who you are. Everyone says they're ready for it. And anytime a game launches, it crashes. Yeah. Um, World of Warcraft classic, like the, some of the longest queues ever that game's been around forever. They still weren't re- ready for it. So. No, I think they've handled it very well, very professionally so far. Plenty of Marvel content uh, on there, and that's that's one of the things I was most excited about because it's not like you're just getting these MCU movies. Uh, there's classic cartoons on there. Uh, I yep. think that's that was a big selling point for me uh, as somebody who loved the cartoons from growing up. The, you know, your X Men, your Amazing Spider Man, the you know Hulk, Iron Man, Fantastic Four. Those are all on there from the from the '90s, and they do have some some you know from even before that uh spider-man and his amazing friends they also have another so it's so good uh another early i think it's early 80s maybe late 70s spider-man cartoon uh and they have they they just have a ton they have a a ton to look you know look through and and really enjoy there's plenty of content on it right now and there will be more uh you know some movies haven't been fully uploaded yet Uh, i think I forgot which ones, but they're like they're there, but they're not up. Uh, like the, there's like a Ant Man and Wasp isn't up yet. Um, yeah, and they're not going to put Spider Man up uh, because it's technically right a Sony away, property. Yeah. Uh, so they, I mean, they may do that in the future, but none of the modern Spider Man ones, um, you know, uh, will make it up on, on there at least for the foreseeable future. So anything that is basically on Netflix right now, they have to wait for the the rights uh, at Netflix to like finish out and then they can put them up on Disney plus. So a lot of those things, infinity war, Thor um, Ragnarok, I think Thor Ragnarok, uh, those are still existing at, um, at Netflix last Jedi as well. So once those are all wrapped up, they'll come over. Very good. I mean, lots of optimism. Uh, I mean, it was a great price too. you know, right off the bat. I didn't take up the, the, the big like trifecta, offer that they had the Hulu ESPN plus and that, and I probably should have, but uh, I mean, six ninety nine a month was yeah. a fantastic deal. It, I mean, it's so affordable and it's more stuff that I like want to see where like Netflix, there's so many like movies that I just don't care about. And I know Disney plus is going to, you know, have some of those things, but Netflix was just a wider range of just stuff. 
Uh, this is so much better of a deal. And if you are a fan of Disney movie, you know, Disney shows, movies, Marvel, uh, you know, it's what it is today. Uh, Star Wars, you know, there's all legit all, any of the Star Wars content you could possibly want. The, the the Clone Wars cartoons, this and that, that's all up available on there. Uh, it is worth it. It is worth six ninety nine a month. And I would, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very easy to swing. Very easy to swing. I agree. Um, it's it's been great, and you could, the whole like you can have four people streaming on it at the exact same time with up to seven devices has been great. Um, so they're welcoming that that sharing. Um, so my whole family has been on it, just watching something and messaging back back and forth. We have with the Mandalorian, all four of us have watched it, um, and just have been talking about it. So it's been great. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I have it on my phone. My wife has it on her phone. And we got it on our PS4, so uh, I think that's a really cool thing too. Because I like I know Netflix charges extra for that uh, to use it on multiple devices. I think yeah, and they, they big... have trouble about it. Like you can only really stream on two devices at the same time, and then it kicks you off usually. So it's been nice that it's welcoming, and Netflix is trying to block that from happening the multiple um, users. So yeah, so good things, good things. Um, anything else going on in news? We just had a animated Harley Quinn trailer drop. Um, it looks super good. It's very different. Um, it was full of cussing and gore, but I'm super excited for it. Um, it's kind of thing I think DC Universe needed to be a contender. Like it has some solid shows, but I, I don't think it had that thing that was different and stood out. Titans kind of was good, but had a rocky start. Um, and Swamp Thing could have been that thing before it got canceled. But this show, I think, is going to be just what it needs to pull in that. Um, those people that were like, ah, I don't really know. Because Harley Quinn is a draw for a lot of people. But just the type of show it looks to be, um, it I don't even know how to really explain it. Because it looks like classic Saturday morning cartoons, graphics, or right. drawings, and art. But um, it's got this, like... I don't know, like Archer vibe to it, I think is the best way to put it. Like that's kind of the show that comes to mind when I'm thinking of it um, with how everything is handled and the jokes and the action and stuff. So I think it could really be a big hit and I'm excited to watch it. I'll I'll end up watching it once it launches as well. Um, And then on the comic book side, um, you've got, let's see a couple things. Um, They've been doing with the Dark Knight's metal um, storylines. We've seen like the Batman, the Batman who laughs, but they've been recreating old stories in the dark universe. So there was just uh, a nightfall story where Azazel actually keeps his like um, keeps the Batman mantle and like takes over and or Azrael, sorry, not Azazel, wrong angel, uh, Azrael and like Bruce Wayne is literally just like a head. And it's it's really crazy, but it creates a new Dark Knight out of that story. And then we just got um, – they just released a Blackest Night revamp in the Dark Multiverse. Um, so I will be definitely reading that because I'm a big Green Lantern fan. Uh, an easy transition is Young Animal, which is Gerard Way's um, curated storylines or curated comics line for DC, which they've been expanding with Hill House and now this. Um, and a couple other things has just released a new green lantern 
and I forgot her name, but um, the storyline is called Far Sector, and it's introducing us to um, a let me an African American female Green Lantern. So um, the second for both of those things from America or from the the uh, Earth Green Lanterns. But I'm interested to see where it goes on. Her name's uh, Sojourner Sojourner Molian. Um, and it's just following her story and it's like another take on the Green Lanterns. I'm excited. I always like when, um, they follow a new person with the ring. Cause I think it really adds to the story. It, it kind of gives a new take at what it means to be a lantern. Um, so I'm excited for that. And then the last thing was the Hulk storyline. I think I just read this and I thought it was super cool. Um, Hulk is like teamed up with Namor about to wage war on earth again. And Roxxon has its own Hulks now and all this stuff. And the immortal Hulk storyline has been super cool. Uh, I haven't been keeping up with it religiously, but I'm really excited about it. And I might actually have to go back through and pick a lot of these up um, because it's one of the stronger Marvel, Marvel titles right now, in my opinion, like I'm reading a lot of Venom um because i really like uh donny cates but i think this um or, i might have misspoken it might be danny cates i think it is danny cates but regardless <laughs> i'm not perfect um and i mess up stuff a lot but i think this seems like one of the stronger solo runs that could run for a while so I, i'm definitely excited for that storyline oh that sounds great um, so a lot of good titles coming up. That's good to hear. Uh, is that it for really news? Yeah, that's all I got. There's okay. a lot. I could probably I could probably sit here and talk about all the stuff that's going <laughs> on in the the comics and and all that. But yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, we do have plenty of comics to read as we typically do here. Um, you know, November. I wanted to send a thank you to Johnny for filling in last week. We had a great time talking Iron Man, Bob's Burgers. Uh, geez, what else did we do? <laughs> I can't, I can't even remember the other characters I chose, but, um, you know, for filling in, uh, there was, we had a great time and we're going to jump into today's books. Uh, I have two X-Men character books, essentially. Um, actually, Greg, do you mind if I start off this week? For sure. Yeah. I went DC comics for both of mine. So we balanced out again. Perfect. Um, all right, so my first one, these are actually both in the Uncanny X-Men line. Um, well, run, essentially. Both both my books. The first one is number 184, and the character focus that I wanted to do was uh, was Forge. Forge is, you know, a, he's a pretty cool character. He's been in some sweet storylines. He's very tech-savvy. Um, just a great, great character uh, for the X-Men. And, you know, I try to find a good story. This is actually his origin Um well, his very first appearance. So it was really, very simplistic. Um, we didn't, I didn't get a whole lot of forge in this book. But I guess to quickly summarize, you know, this entire story, um, you know, Mystique is kind of in disguise. And she, you know, she goes to visit Forge because she's actually dating him at this point. And, dude, Forge is, he is a sweet get up. He has some blue short shorts and like a polo and a pimp cane. He's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something I'm going to, I'm going to send you a screenshot. Um, but that's, 
I mean, that's essentially Forge. He discusses some weapons that he's developing. Um, you know, he's testing them out, and that's kind of the end of Forge really there. Um, so I didn't get full-on Forge as much as I would have hoped, but um, regardless, still an appearance. The rest of the book is really uh, this X-Men team. They're uh, actually it's barely even really covering the X-Men. This uh, witch named Celine, and uh, she's pretty much tailing Rachel Summers, who goes into the past. Um, she's in the past here as a, you know, she's an adult. She's being tailed by the Celine witch who's trying to absorb her power, get inside of her mind, so, some to that extent, and, and get her to do bad stuff. And uh, eventually some guy who owns a club that Rachel Summers ran into to hide, she, you know, she, he, he takes her in. He's like, oh, you can come stay with me. Like, it, obviously something's really wrong. Um and it just gets worse from there. Rachel Summers, she's enjoying this guy's this guy's place. He's got a hot tub. He's, she's just relaxing. Uh, she comes out of the hot tub and finds out that the Celine witch like sucked the life out of this this guy. She goes to find him. He's still got his hair, but his his face is uh, the rest of his body is all skull and bones. Um, and it just ends in a big fight. Actually, the X Men come to try and save her. Um, and Professor X is actually doing kind of like uh kind of like what luke skywalker did at the end of episode eight for star wars he's like projecting his body i'm not going to say it's an astral form but him and the Celine witch are just going kind of going back and forth with this mental telepathy blast and and stuff like that but um but yeah it it ends with the x this team of x-men which consists of storm uh colossus nightcrawler and rogue at the very least uh yeah, and then Professor X is actually walking too. Uh, it's a very—I mean, it's a small team, regular-sized team, but uh, pretty much ends with them saving her. That's 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 really the extent of it. There's, I mean, quite a quite a bit of cool stuff in between. Um, but yeah, uh, it was a it was an okay book. I'm not gonna say it's one of my favorites that I've ever read. Um, you know, and I could have. I could have went another route to read a Forge book, uh, but I didn't want to. Obviously, I want to review as many books as I can. Uh, so this one's probably going to get, I'm going to say, pretty maybe average or a little bit sub-average uh, grading for me. There was just a lot going on. And, and yeah, I, I wasn't wasn't overly thrilled about it. I mean, the, the first appearance of Forge is really cool. Uh, but other than that, not a, it was there was a lot going on, but there wasn't, if you kind of know what I mean. So I'm going to get into the grading portion of it. The artwork is from the 80s. Uh, I'm 90% sure. I think it's August of, I want to say 83. I got it up here. August of 84, excuse me. One year off. Um, and I really, I really do like the art style on this. It's, it's cool. The cover's really neat. It's, it's pretty much Professor Xavier and this uh, Celine witch, like with some kind of mental telepathic blast showdown with a bunch of fire. And then Rachel Summers is laying on the ground. Uh, so, I mean, the artwork is actually really cool. It's a good strong point for it. Uh, so I'm going to give the artwork, I'm going to give the artwork an eight in this. Uh, action. The action wasn't all that great. There were some suspenseful moments, you know, as we said, uh, can really be, it can really, you know, add to the action score. Um, but there are very few and far between. So I'm going to give the action, I'm going to give it a five. It wasn't, 
anything over like it wasn't anything special yeah. just watching professor x and this witch just point their heads at each other and <laughs> point their heads at each other and do god knows what uh it wasn't very exciting so it's gonna get a five for me storyline i'm curious as to why rachel summers is in the past uh obviously she eventually has a big role it's it's teleport teleportation or time teleportation is kind of a cool subject uh, especially with a character like Rachel Summers, who's featured very prominently nowadays, but, um, you know, kind of sporadically back in the eighties. So the storyline was, was okay. Um, you know, from start to finish was a li- little interesting. Uh, I'm going to give the story a, I'm going to give it a six. I'm going to give it a six. Uh, I'm not sure what comes from it, but just, it's curious because when they're, you know, she's talking to these X-Men, you know, she's like, Oh, I, I've known about you all, all my life. And, and, you know, you look different and you look different and you look different. Uh, it was just a kind of cool perspective to kind of hear it from her side. Uh, dialogue. Eh, I mean, nothing, nothing special. I mean, the main X-Men characters who, who appeared very little, uh, you know, they felt like themselves, uh, but the dialogue was not very, you know, not very enticing. Uh, it didn't really suck me in. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give the dialogue a, I'm going to give it a five and rereadability. Would I go to pick this book up again? Um, probably not. I'm curious as to how much a forge first appearance book is like worth, but as far as a, from a reading perspective, I probably wouldn't run, run to the Hills to go to read this again. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a four, uh, 28 out of 50 for this book. Uh, so right. just, little teeny tiny bit above average um which is our halfway point but um yeah it's nothing nothing really special but this is uh yeah uncanny x-men number 184 from august of 1984 so that is my first book okay start way to start off strong (laughs) you like that yeah oh boy (laughs) let's see if i can uh I can fix this up. So my book is from uh, 2012. And I know I said it was a DC comic. It It is technically, even though um, it wasn't originally released under the DC, um, DC banner, I am reading Before the Watchmen Comedian. So we are going to cover Comedian for uh, my mustachioed man. Um, I'm pretty excited. I like his character. Um, I liked when they released these books. I think they released six of them all together. Um, and they only really finished his and Rorschach's before Doomsday Clock launched. Um, Comedian is a character that I, I found very interesting um, when the movie released and the comics released. And they never really covered his origin. And he, if, you, if you're familiar with the Watchmen, spoiler alert, um, he dies in the beginning of both the movie and the first set of books. Um, and his character has been brought back and and explored in other ways but I, I just really like this book to start um starts out with the comedian character sitting with um some a politician who they reveal to be bobby kennedy um and just talking about the war and things like that and they're actually watching a boxing match um and the one of the men wins the boxing match and it's actually the classic Muhammad Ali, I shook up the world moment um, where he wins the match and he's yelling, I'm a bad man. I shook up the world. Uh, and Kennedy and, and comedian are watching, like clapping, cheering on this fight. Um, and he actually 
says like he comedian's pretty upset that Ali won. Um, and Bobby Kennedy's like, well, can't you tell it's fixed? And during that conversation, comedian actually says he's going to Vietnam. Um, so he shows up in Nam in his like typical outfit and they're telling the guy, like they're telling him like, you're not going to want to be here. Like talking all this, this typical like conversation. It's like something straight out of full metal jacket. Um, and they end up going out on a patrol. They're talking about um, how they're fighting against communism and stuff. And all of a sudden, like a battle breaks out. Um, they're getting bombed and shooting. And one of the um, the Vietnam soldiers walks out with his arm already missing. And comedian dives on him and like cuts his throat. And they're talking about like, what do you believe? And he says, well, what I believe is I'm going to like it here right after he kills the guy and then lights his cigar. Um, it just cuts to, there's a, like a more war. They come in like on a group of big leaders and just start lighting them up. Um, and he basically like takes down this one guy and tells him that, um, I work for the same higher power you do. And it turns out like he's an American soldier that they're saving. And he actually makes the guy pee his pants. <laughs> um, and they're just working together. Like it's a typical bunch of conversation over some beer and cards. Um, and he goes back out into war. Um, and they just like fire, they napalm bomb like an island or one of the areas. And that's kind of where it wraps up. Um, and it's saying like the last line, like its mission is peace. Um, and it's just followed by him drawing the classic smiley face that the Watchmen come to known for because of him on his, his like military helmet. He sticks it on his head. Um, and in the background, it's just death. It's a cool book. It sounds pretty cool. Uh, it's a really solid cover. There's actually two covers. There's one of just him in the water. And then the initial cover is the same exact picture, except like he's being followed by a trail of blood. And I kind of like that one better um, just because of what goes out in the comic book. But I will, I will follow this up. Art. Um, there's this weird, like it's new age art, but they still try to do like some cell shading and, and stuff. Um, and it, it does look a little weird in some spots. So I'm actually going to give the art a six. A six. Okay. Yeah. It's very heavy shadows. And with this, the style it's using, it actually kind of looks a little lazy sometimes in my opinion. Um, like it's just not finished being colored in or just thick, heavy lines and just doesn't look as shadowy. Right. Um, action there's a, a good amount of action in this um and a good amount of suspense it's not your crazy back and forth panels but um that it's that like typical war movie like a quick shootout that kind of thing um the boxing match in the beginning kind of going on while they're talking um so i'm gonna give the action an eight all right very good stories of 10 i really like when anything does it but when comic books and like superhero stories and stuff tie their like own mythos into um like real events historical events and and watchmen has done a great job at that from the get-go their comics have done that a lot so i i really like 
like the moment with Muhammad Ali, that like historical moment. Um, he's talking to to Bobby Kennedy. Even mentions how um, Jack was a great man, re- referencing um, JFK, and then the Vietnam War. It's, it's so easy to to pick out some things from that. But I've always loved that. I loved when they did it with um, Captain America. I loved. I think they did a com or a cartoon where X Men, uh, where Wolverine and Cap were in one of the wars. And I just I love that. So I'm going to give the story a ten. All right. Very good. The dialogue is is very solid. Let me give the dialogue a nine. Um, it's a lot of monologuing and everything, but it's it's very real, real to the time, real to the character, um, and I just I just think they did a really good job with it. Rereadability. I would actually give the rereadability on this a ten. It's something I would definitely oh, pick back okay. up. Definitely something I would pass around. Uh, it's a cool book, and I, I like I said that that little like tie-in of history i just think is so cool um and i could easily go like show someone go look at this like muhammad ali tie into this book and and anyone who likes like like vietnam history and stuff i and then the watchman i just think it's a cool book all right very good 43 out of 50 so great score excellent score um all right let me get into my second book which I have for you. The second character that I wanted to feature, you know, they contain facial here, uh, was Mr. Sinister. And Mr. Sinister is a character that I've long been uh, enthused about, dating back to the old cartoon. Uh, I used to have, when the the early 90s, they used to have the uh, deluxe action figures, the giant 10-inch deluxe action figures. I still have a few of those. Mr. Sinister was one of my first ones. He just had this cool... I think I had that one, too. I, dude, I think I had them all. Uh, I, I, I'm i pretty sure I used to have them all, and they were so, oh, they were the best. I know I had him, and I had the Wolverine one where he was um, in the Weapon X like outfit with like the helmet oh, on yeah. and everything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, I just watched the Days of Future Past episode of X-Men and the Mr. Sinister episode of the X-Men animated today. So I did. It was one of the episodes was reunion or it was a two part episode and it was really cool. So Cause Mr. Sinister part, right. The, the morph one. Yes. Yeah. It was yeah, at I the end of the second that. season. Um, great. I mean, those are great episodes. The, the thing about Mr. Sinister that I've always kind of liked, um, if you listen to this show, if you listen to it many times before, you know how big of a fan I am of Cyclops havoc, uh, and, and pretty much that whole family history and the Mr. Sinister character villain is obsessed with their genealogy uh for some reason he's always trying to like recreate I, i'm not even sure really what he's doing but he's always like if cyclops had his own like if he was a one-off you know character had his own storyline mr sinister would be the primary villain um for him he's just absolutely obsessed and sinister has a really cool look too uh the white face the the, the sharp teeth and yeah. like it's almost like uh, like it, the character, you know, it from the movie it. Um, Pennywise, uh, his kind of teeth, and that's I think that's like a, a very intimidating thing that I always liked. Uh, but for this book, I decided to go with um, staying with Uncanny X Men number two twenty one, which came out in September. Just a f- I'm sure a few years after. Uh, but this is the very first full length book with Mister Sinister in it. Uh, he had appeared. He had appeared in in mansions uh, once in the previous book as a silhouette, but this was his very first appearance. He's actually 
uh, he's leading a group called the Marauders, which is actually filled with um, Polaris, Harpoon, Sabretooth, Vertigo, Scalp Hunter, Arclight, and Scrambler. Those are, that's pretty much, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool team. Uh, I was surprised to see Sabretooth a part of it, to be honest with you. Um, but, uh, you know, he's pretty much after, right now, he's Mr. Sinister's target. He wants um, Madeline Pryor dead. Um, and they messed it up. And he's he's threatening the team. They're like, you screwed it up, and I'm going to get you. And him and Sabretooth actually get into a fight for a little bit. But Sinister, with one hand, just grabs him while he's charging at him, chokes chokes him and throws him on the ground, and that's the end of the fight. Um, it cuts into a scene where Rogue and Dazzler are actually battling in the uh, in the danger room. Kind of a cool scenario. They have some bad blood amongst each other um, from Rogue stealing her powers and nearly killing her before. So Dazzler actually knocks like a overhead beam from the from uh, the setup knocks into Rogue, and they get into a, a big argument about, you know, going back and forth about their history and this and that. Uh, while they're arguing, while they're arguing, uh, they get a call from Psylocke that says uh, Wolverine needs them because Wolverine's in charge of the team right now. Storm is away. Uh, obviously something with Professor X, he's not around. So Wolverine is leading the team, so he summons them. And... Um, they're actually on a roof. They they got all the team, the X-Men team right now. It's Longshot, Rogue, Psylocke, Dazzler, Havoc, and Wolverine. It's kind of a sweet, it's pretty uh, it's a pretty cool team, actually. Um, but Jean Grey is missing. Jean Grey is missing. That's, that's pretty much why, um, or no, excuse me, Cyclops is missing. Uh, but Wolverine is, you know, explained to Havoc, you know, we're trying to figure out why, um, Cyclops dumped Jean Grey, took their kid, and just disappeared. Um, that's that's pretty much what they're after. And in that process, they uh, they start to fight the Marauders. This is a big battle going back and forth. Um, and they're while they're protecting, trying to protect Male and Pryor. Um, that scalp guy, that scalp hunter, or whatever. He's he's about to, you know, finish her off. And then Rogue jumps in to save. Uh, just lots of back and forth battling. It's it's some cool it's some cool uh, you know stuff. The cover picture, like the cover of the the comic book, is a little confusing because it shows like havoc blasting Wolverine, but in the actual panel, uh, it's that scrambler guy. He's messing with havoc's brain and and is pretty much making his powers go you know insane. And Wolverine gets affected by it. Um, there's a lot of back and forth. You know, stuff going on. You know, some big fighting things. Um, it it really ends with with Dazzler sucking it up and saving Rogue, who is trapped. She got like wrapped around in some metal beams and trapped underwater. Uh, trapped underwater, and uh, Dazzler kind of saves her, and that's sort of the end of the book. Um, but I think it's Polaris. She's kind of after them. Um, she's just hounding over them. So the fight's going to continue in whatever the next book is. Uh, I think would be issue number 222. So whatever the next book is, that's when the battle will continue. But um, this was definitely my favorite out of the two books. You know, it, it was, I mean, again, it's a light Mr. Sinister appearance. He's obviously a, a, a big behind-the-scenes figurehead. And we have read books with Sinister involved in it. Um often but um overall i thought it was a pretty cool story 
I thought um, I liked the idea of him having a team. I liked the teams that they had, you know, no Cyclops. I, the wolf, the, the like 80s Wolverine look with the brown and yellow, which is, I think is my favorite color pattern personally. Um, you know, having Havoc on the X-Men team, I thought it was just all really cool. It's a nice mix. So I'm going to get into the review. Uh, the artwork, 80s artwork, and love it. Love it. The cover is apt, like, just sucked me right in. Um, it's a really sweet cover. The detail is really good for the 80s. Uh, the visuals, um, like, I really like this, like, for, like this saber tooth, like, design is, uh, it's, it's really cool. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm a sucker. I, I, I'm a sucker for Sabretooth, so I'm curious. Okay. I just sent, well, I just sent that, that uh, Forge picture, and I just, as well as the Sabretooth one over to you. Um, so I'm going to give the artwork a, I'm going to give it a nine. I, I thought it was great for uh, its time period. It was very definitive. Uh, action. This is very good in action. There was suspense. Uh, and plenty of fighting and suspense to go around. Um, you know, I'm not going to say it was very action heavy, but there was quite a few scenes where, you know, these the X-Men are battling this, uh, you know, the Marauders that are being led by Mr. Sinister. So there's plenty of action back and forth, plenty, plenty of powers being used, which is what I'm all about. So I'm going to give the action an eight. Story. You know, from a point A to point B perspective, I think it was pretty good, you know, from from front to back. You know, I don't know what the long long shot story of this is all going to be, but, for, you know, I guess the redemption of, like, Rogue and Dazzler kind of coming together for the good of the team, I think it was a really cool, uh, you know, I think it was a really cool thing to see. You know, obviously they very hate, hated each other, and then However many pages later, uh, they were on relatively good terms. So I'm going to give the story. I'm going to give the story a, a seven. It wasn't bad. Uh, dialogue, very dialogue driven, very well done. Characters felt unique, uh, which is you know a big thing for me. And and yeah, it, they did a good job of it. Eight is what I'm going to give for the dialogue and rereadability. You know, it, there was some things that you know that worked very well with it. Uh, you know, it was very. There was a lot of talking. There wasn't a lot of action. I would not run to pick this book up again. That's probably going to be one of its weakest points. Um, there's just some things that work in that manner. Uh, I'm going to give the rereadability a, I'm going to give it a five. So 37 out of 50 for that book. Uh, Uncanny X-Men number 220. What did I say? 221? 221. Um, yeah, that's that's what I got for that one. Okay. Uh, now on to my second book, let's get weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is Wonder Woman, uh, 158. It is from, let me just double check. I had the date up and I forgot it. 1967, I want to say. I just want to double check that before I say, and I'm wrong. I know it's from the 60s. 1965, November 1965. Um, and my mustache character is not Wonder Woman. It is the vile villain, Egg Fu, who is a giant mustached, terribly racist um, Chinese egg 
<laughs> yeah, I've never I've I've heard of his name before, but I've never like heard like oh. heard a story. So I'm excited for this. I'm very excited and, to hear this yeah, out. The way he talks is racist. Everything about it's awful. I'm gonna send you. They did redo Eggfu, and he didn't have a mustache when they remade him, uh, and he is like nightmare fuel. I'm gonna send you the cover of 158 because it's amazing, and the reworked version of Eggfu. There you go. I sent both those screenshots over to you. Got it. <laughs> it is not like oh. redone. He's nightmare wow. fuel either way. But <laughs> I like the character. the first picture you sent, not the That's classic the remade version. Yeah, and then the <laughs> the 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 one fifty eight cover. I kind of want as a poster, even though it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. So we'll have to get it for our studio, man. We'll have to get some posters oh, yeah. for the studio. Some, I don't I don't know if I want that in our studio, but at the same time I do. Someone's gonna We can have it. it looking at people. We can put it in the window facing out. So if anybody tries to look at our stuff from the outside, they can just see the creepy egg foo. <laughs> just holding Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So this book, um Egg Foo has made Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman into um Human Bombs. This is the second book. Uh, 157 was the the first. And if they touch each other, they explode. Um, They have just been rematerialized by Hippolyta because they were, you know, they touched each other and exploded and died. Um, So she put their their matter back together. Yeah, I don't know how. And so they keep trying to touch each other and keep exploding. So um, they realize they have to get off the island and get back to Egg Fu, um, but they can't touch each other to do so. So instead of trying to fly Steve out, Wonder Woman just starts spinning herself like a helicopter and uses the updraft to carry Steve through the sky. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Um, and they almost get like hit by a group of planes, um, and because the air current and messaging with them wonder woman has to stop and steve starts to fall so she flies and picks him back up um and they land on a and like an island they start talking um and it gets romantic and they try to kiss and they explode <laughs> and it says the first atomic kiss was a rec- uh on record and explodes when and they kiss and they like fall back from each other and she tries to like grab his hand and pick him up and they explode again <laughs> Uh, and so she becomes helicopter Wonder Woman again. And Egg Fu is watching. And he says, hee-ho, the foolish Americans. Just like that, Americans is how it is spelled. So the dialogue's going to get a good score. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he goes, if they plan to surprise me, then the surprise will be on them. And it's like S-U, comma, P-L-I-S-E. <laughs> Because they're going to fall into a trap. It's real bad. You are uh, kidding. This is very weird. Oh, yeah. And he's, he, they, he has it, um, has a seismograph that's tracking them anytime they explode. So he can't, they can't surprise him. Supplies him. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and he fires a cosmic bubble at them that explodes in the sky. Uh, and he ends up accidentally touching her again and they explode again uh, and they fall. And all of a sudden they are um, 
like uh, right about to walk over a trench and a bunch of soldiers pop up and start shooting them with guns. Um, <laughs> it's so bad. And they talk about splinging the clap on the Americans. Um, and Wonder Woman says, I'm going to play bullets and bracelets. He goes, you play ping pong with those slugs and I've got, I've got other work to do. And Steve Trevor jumps down and because of being a human bomb, he punches everybody and they explode. <laughs> uh, and they, as the soldiers are getting hit, they said, why did Egg Fu say he would play Chinese checkers with the Americans? They're playing Sockham with us. And one of the other soldiers goes, you mean soccer? As he flies away. <laughs> uh, and then Steve and, and Wonder Woman kiss again because of their handiwork and explode. <laughs> Wow, and a bunch of tanks full uh slide up, and Steve yells out, "Tank clap! Oh no, I mean tank trap! <laughs> They're making me talk like them." And Wonder Woman <laughs> just runs through the tanks and makes them all explode because of you know she's a bomb now. Uh, and it it continues, and they're walking along, and all of a sudden. Something snatches them and picks them up and uh, makes them, forces them to touch and they're continuously exploding so it's knocking them out and it's Egg Foo's mustache. In honor of November, he uses that mustache to whip them around and keep exploding. Um, and they're like passing out because of it. So he throws them both up in the air, um, hurling them into space, trying to cause them to explode. Uh, or cause them to die by flying into the moon. But as he does it, um, they like reset and they're no longer bombs. So she can now grab him. So she grabs Steve and throws him into the invisible jet that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Responding to the vibrations of her voice. Um, and she throws the lasso of truth around Egg Fu's head and pulls and pulls until his head begins to crack and he dies. And they fly off kissing, and that is the end of this book. That was very strange. It's very so strange. Weird. What year was that from? <laughs> 1965. Wow. Yeah. And Egg Fu comes back later, and another issue is Egg Fu the Fifth. It's like his one of his descendants, because that Egg Fu's dead. <laughs> <laughs> And then everyone was like, yeah, we can't have this character anymore because it is terribly racist. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I had originally read a James Gordon story, but with the the story I just read, the comedian story, and just everything, I was like, I want something a little lighter. So I was like, this egg foo story can't be serious. And boy, was I right. (laughs) Yeah, I, like I don't know if I could, if I could see him as like a serious character, kind of like uh, like Mojo. Yes, yeah, or Fing almost Fing in that Fing. respect. Yeah, um, but he apparently is later because this redone version of him is super creepy and like it's he's more of like a genetic clone that got messed up, and that's why he looks the way he is, and he's got like ro- like a spider robot body, um. So he apparently is a little more serious later on, but this version, no way. So I'll hop into it. Um, Art-wise, it's typical 1960s. I won't, I'm not going to grade it super strong um, on art. It's it's well done. It's good art, but it's nothing spectacular. It's pretty standard. So I'm going to give the art a five. It's, it's baseline art. 
Uh, it's not terrible. It's not amazing. It's it's pretty right down the middle. Action-wise, <laughs> it's plenty of action. There really is, actually. Like, there was a lot of action in this, and I'm going to give the action a solid eight. Eight? Because it was huh. ridiculous. <laughs> What'd you give the art again? My apologies. A five. Baseline a five. Baseline five. It, like I said, it's nothing amazing. It's nothing terrible. It was just right down the middle. Um, but the action, Steve Trevor being a bomb man and punching people and uh, she, Wonder Woman running through tanks and having the, the helicopter fly him away. Yeah, it's an eight. Um, story. This is a, an original story. I've never read anything like it. I'm going to give the story <laughs> an eight. Um, and the dialogue is killer. The dialogue is a 10. Let's just say what it is. It is so terrible, but so well done. Like, I I want to, I have to look up who wrote this because they did a great job at being a terrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling up real quick. Let's see who wrote this book. There's, and I also want to give a shout out to the fact that oh charles moulton did this okay um throughout this it was hard not to note like there were they actually included like all of the ads um there's some great ads there were some random like comics in the middle like the hip way to learn and a rocky and bullwinkle story was in here as well um it was an ad for cheerios <laughs> so this was a solid solid book 238 magic tricks you just have to send out the uh that little card to get it. So that was good. And I have what? Rereadability. Uh, you still got uh, dialogue. Oh, oh! I said the dialogue was a 10. Oh, you did. That's right. Good. Um, rereadability. I'm going to be realistic. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. I'm not going to not pick this back up, but it might take some – something's going to happen to make me pick this back up, telling someone about this story or something. Um, some. So I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to be realistic on that one because it's not right. guaranteed, but it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, 36 out of 50 for that. Yeah, so, that's uh, fair. That's higher than it probably deserves, but I'm, I like it. <laughs> all right. Very, very good. This is the kind of book that like, I feel like if I were to have had Gullo read this, if he was with us still, he would have given it a 50. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. You say that. I, I miss Sometimes I miss having Gallo on the show. Um, I, I feel like I've been picking books that he would have read between this one and that Lobo book last or two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but Movember is pulling out some weird stuff. Yes, it is. You ain't kidding. Um, all right. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much the show, but I mean, there's some news. News. Yeah, I just got some more news. What did you have? Um, Marvel. Just released uh, the 2022-2023 release schedule. So some that new was dates. What I was gonna do. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, minds, go for it. Remind take a like. All right, 2022. Um, four films: February 18th, May 6th, which is going to be confirmed as Black Panther. The other ones are all untitled. Um, July 29th and October 7th for 2022. Uh, and as far as 2023, uh, February 17th, May 5th, July 28th, and November 3rd. So we're going to be getting four movies from here on out uh, per yeah. I mean, per year, maybe starting in 2021, because I think we only have three on the slate for next year. Yeah. 
and it's it's possibly you could probably fill those slots with you said Black Panther, which makes sense. Yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is already supposed to have been shot, so that could be one. That's um, true. Captain Marvel two, and Blade will probably fall somewhere in there. I hope. Um, I kind of hope on the earlier end because I'm I'm itching for that one. Um, but who knows? And there's been some rumors we could we could get Fantastic Four at any point. We could X Men and Deadpool is in the process of shooting, so that could fall in one of those slots as well. Yeah, uh, so... I think the two previous I mentioned, Fantastic Four and X Men, will be might not might line up in one of those. Fantastic Four is a possibility. Um, I've heard some people say that they might use Ant Man and Wasp. Um, Ant-Man 3 to introduce Fantastic Four, which I think would be really cool um, as them actually being from the 70s and being tramped in the quantum realm and that's where they got their powers. Uh, so I think that could be awesome. And it'd be like that uh, a cutscene where one of them goes in the quantum realm to pull them out. I like that idea. I really do too. I thought it was really clever. Um, and I, I think it'd be a great way to introduce them and kind of give them that weird, like, 70s vibe, which could be fun. That would be cool. That would be cool. So, yeah, we had to throw in that tip. It legit just sh- popped up while we were recording. Yep. So Yeah, and, and so that's exciting. There's yeah. been rumors of uh, a possible John Barenthal R-rated Punisher movie as well. Yeah, I think that's the only way that they can get those characters really to use them is is movies. So I would like... I'm fine with. I want. I want Daredevil and I want Punisher. The other yep. ones I wasn't attached to. Um, I'd be fine with. I, I. I like Luke Cage cast as he is. I'd be fine with Iron Fist getting um, recasted and introduced through Chang Chi. I think that could be really cool. Yeah, I. I 100% agree. Um, but all right, everybody, that does it for this week's episode of the panel discussion. Make sure you find us on Facebook. Buy a T-shirt. Small Business Saturday is coming up. Uh, and we could really use a sale or two. So make sure you find us there. Also, our Mustache Movember poll tournament opens up today. Um, so if you're listening to this episode today, uh, Monday the 18th, polls are open. Go vote. We're going to vote for who has the best mustache in comic books. So make sure you do that. And, um, yeah, we'll be back with you next week right around the panel discussion. On behalf of Greg and myself, we thank you for your endless support. Talk to you next week. Adios.